0: Welcome, welcome to Rise to Liberty Podcast. If you are uh, joining right now, make sure and hit that like, subscribe, share. That's the uh, easiest way to help out the channel, uh, especially with all of this soft censorship from uh, our big tech overlords. And uh, it's the best way to get this uh, message out to as many people as possible. So today I am joined by Freya Lee, uh, a... um, representative of Trans Against Groomers. How are you doing today, Freya?
1: I'm doing okay. Crazy morning like previously discussed. Yeah. Um, generally, that's been every morning for several months now, to be honest. <laughs> I was waking up to a slog of information to comb through, uh, of new information we find in research we've done and in investigations we're currently doing uh, to get more information out to the public to let people know what exactly we're fighting against, New Harmony here, despite all the propaganda to insanity to discredit us and our
0: cause. Yeah. So, do you want to give a a, a synopsis as, of exactly what Trans Against Groomers are, what what you're doing, what your mission statement is?
1: So, Trans Against Groomers is a group of trans people that most of us were in Gays Against Groomers originally. And we formed a sister coalition because they kept denying we were even existing in Gays Against Grimmons at all and denying that we were even part of it. And so we we did tag to highlight the trans people and because of how many trans people were wanting to join up. Uh, Right now we currently have 15 on the roster Um, but we have hundreds that are applying. We're just trying to set it up to streamline and do interview processes to add more people to our roster so we can reach a wider range of area to try and do as much good as we possibly can. Um, We are all based transsexuals that don't believe in gender ideology. Uh, All of us are firmly rooted in our biology. And unlike other trans. Individuals, most people are familiar with. um, They'll sit there and deny that they're biologically male and they have the same lived experience and shared experience as biological women. And we're like, well, no, because that erases them and us at the same time doing that. And and we are not the same lived experience. We go through a completely different lived experience growing up as the opposite sex and then going through the process of transition. And that isn't the same as living as a biological woman to my dismay, I'll never be have a period. I will never produce large gamuts. Um, to be honest, I don't produce any gamuts. But um, that that's the point is like trying to get the truth back out there. And we end up running like I have personally run into individuals like the one that I sent you last night. And that person is a file monster, <laughs> and yes. they represent everything that we fight against. And I've run into those personalities before on many occasions. And I was like, I can't believe they're not being banned. And I can't believe they're allowed to exist so openly and unchecked. And it bothers the living hell out of all of us that they're doing all this in our names And they're getting this far in our names, using us as meat shields to their ideology while we're taking all the hits. And it's ridiculous. Like, I would love to know per capita how many of the people are actually transsexuals. And their movement versus the people that are pushing it the hardest and loudest. Because most of the time, it's usually people that are have trans friends that they're fighting on behalf of and doing this for. But they'll never say who their trans friend is. And they never seem to join the conversations. It's always them puppeting out their trans friend, And they're the reason for them doing this and them fighting for this. And it's like, well, I'm trans and I'm telling you I don't want this and I want nothing to do with this and all of us have have run into those problems like look at buck angel um i've had yeah. so many people come after me over buck angel and his porn career telling me how because buck angel did porn um that it's his fault that trans got mainstream and i'm like but that makes no sense because porn That's existed ridiculous. before buck angel <laughs> and and it, it drives me crazy and and he gets attacked all the time for that and there, there is a sect of people that somehow, reasonably in their mind, delusionally in mind, believe that if porn didn't exist, trans women wouldn't exist. And I don't even know how you can make that connection.
0: Um. Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, the her to not him leap That's the
0: craziest thing I've ever heard. But that, that's up there. But it's... yeah, and
1: hmm. we just want to save children. And we we wanna distinguish that this is a medicalized space and that um the harm being caused by GNRH, aka Lupron, AKA puberty blockers. And that's like one of the main reasons I got into this and the argument about trans women and women's sports with how they went after Taylor Silverman and went after her family. And that part like all, with everything combined, I couldn't take anymore, and I had to get online and I had to start pushing and doing activism and fighting this fight. And, like, we have literal doctors' offices and um, transition clinics and literal medical professionals lying about the harm caused by GNRH. And they'll end up saying how it, it's completely reversible. And it's like, well, how's, how's sterilization reversible? On top of that, it's not like it reverses entropy and turns back time that they can go back to being 13 as soon as they stop taking Lupron. And it does cause harm to the pituitary gland too. And there are so many side effects, especially long-term that people don't even consider. We finally just got the FDA to admit that there is bone density loss and osteoporosis and bone spurs and and organ failure uh, related to Lupron and GnRH. how is that reversible? Like everything, like there's so much misinformation about this, it's not even funny. And like other information within the trans community, like um, what, how D-trans are treated. And we wanted to create a space where we weren't rejecting D-trans and we were instead platforming them and letting them be heard. And I remember when within the first couple of weeks of being on Twitter, I did a space that blew up to over 500 people in the active space uh, listening to the live. And we had Richie on there. And we had gender critical. We had rad fems. We had DSD or disorders of sexual development, which me and James represented that community on top of me representing the trans community and he represented the gender critical community. Um, James uh, was born with IHH. It's also known as Kalman syndrome. Um, it is this 40-character-plus-long acronym, but I, I will just butcher trying to enunciate it. But idiotropic hypergonadism, hyper-something hyper hypergonadism. And um, basically, GNRH or Lupron mimics that DSD condition. So we've known for decades what will happen if you interrupt the sexual development of children. They're called disorders of sexual development. I was born with one of them. Uh, I was born with 48XXXY chromosomes. And because of that, I had to go through a tetralogy of flout when I was four. I was born with a hole in my heart. I have neurological divergence. Um, I'm on the autistic spectrum. I'm dyslexic. And it, it has caused all sorts of different... Physical problems and health problems for me, and then you'll hear other people claim they're intersex and they will fetishize the conditions. And it's like, what's what's so sexually appealing about medical problems, yeah. about osteoporosis, about needing open heart as a child? What what? None of this makes sense. And because of my DSD, I believe it was because of me getting gender dysphoria. I mean, I was born with gyneclo- or I was born with gynecomastia, but I developed gynecomastia in my teenage years. So moobs. Yeah. For people who don't know what that is, and so like this isn't surgery. This is development, <laughs> and where you can take hormones, you know, get breasts too, but that's because they're mimicking DSD conditions. Um, I basically grew up with no body hair. And I had hair on my head, but no hair on my arms, no hair on my chest, legs, nothing. And um, you'll hear people talk about, well, I was born with both sets of sex organs. That doesn't exist, doesn't happen. Any person who is based in reality and their transition can testify um, to the side effects uh, of transition. So when you block testosterone, it'll shut down your male anatomy which will cause testicular atrophy because anybody who's gone through testicular atrophy, whether it be pain meds and it blocking, um, testosterone production, um, it'll shrink your testicles down and that's where it comes into the play. Well, what happens when you shut it off, it's going to do it within a month or two and it's going to atrophy your testicles completely. So like what's reversible about that? And, and then you hear people talking about reversibility and transition. And I know several de that argue that nothing about it is reversible. I remember um, having a conversation with Sarah Higdon and Scott Nugent. And uh, my first attempt at a podcast. And I remember Scott talking to me about um, what am I supposed to do? Go around the rest of my life saying it's ma'am. And, and he brings a very valid point. And so, like, when it comes to detrans, I've been trying to get people and enlighten them on this reality. So take someone like Shapeshifter. So Shapeshifter went through a male-to-female transition. Bears the surgical nullification scars from from how he describes it. And then you turn around and you detransition and then shut down the other sexual functions you have to detransition back. Okay, that's when you'll have a human being literally sharing the male and female lived experience at that point in detransition through complete nullification. And that's where a lot of detransitioners aren't willing to surgically detransition and people sit there and rail on them about it. I I have literally watched dozens of people go after shapeshifter and argue with them that they should medically detransition. And it's like, okay, Well, I can understand getting the breasts removed, especially when he is wanting to do that himself, but pushing him to, like, a phalloplasty and anything else is ridiculous. And he's never capable of going back. Heck, when he first started uh, testosterone, his body rejected it and had an allergic reaction to it and had to go to the jail. So, like, there's certain nuances that nobody wants to acknowledge, like we said before the nuances and discussion is completely lost and people don't understand the, the seriousness of a lot of these things happening. And, you know, on, on top of all that happening to have people actively fighting for pedophilia because that's, that's what's happening right now. People are fighting for the sexual citizenship of children and we aren't going to allow that. I mean, what reasonable person would, I've never been capable of having children. I I was never part of the gene pool. I never developed that function because of my DSD. Most most people with DSDs cannot have children. And the more they get blurred in between, the less likelihood they can even conceive children. And it's not a matter of because I took testosterone or estrogen, DSDs do have that, that unfortunate reality. Not all DSD conditions prevent being able to have kids, but a good portion of them do. No. So you take like filters syndrome, and a, a good portion of filter syndrome, you can't have kids, and most people don't find out till they try to have kids. So you end up having somebody at 25, 30 that finds out they have four, seven, XXY filters. and then run into that problem. And you know, only certain conditions people will know sooner, say like CAH and you'll have ambiguous genitalia, but they could still tell the difference between an enlarged clitoris and a micropenis. There's there's a big difference between the two. Um, So there's just so much information that we've been trying desperately to get out there for people to hear and and listen and try and restore some some semblance of normality and, and raise them back into the conversation because we can't have, important discussions anymore because people just cave to venom and vitriol every time now. And you're not allowed to have a different opinion than I am. You have to conform to the hive mind. You must join the grand balloon. And it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And if you question the narrative, then all of a sudden you're the enemy. Right. So, and then they come after you. So for anyone, you know, watching this that doesn't know if you've been living under a rock, um, you you'll see uh, videos say on uh, like libs of TikTok um, showing some of the insanity of what one side says is everybody, um, and so your organization exists to say, hey, whoa, whoa, this isn't this isn't everybody. This is a, a select group of people who have kind of hijacked. Um, our lived experience with, like, what we're going through and are using it for, uh, you know, the, the social advancement of pedophilia. Is that fair to say?
1: I think it's fair to say. A good portion of it's all rooted in gender ideology. So gender ideology boils down to that point where it's about uh, the sexual citizenship of children as one of the founding doctrines in their own philosophy. And the way they look at it is childhood innocence is a myth. And that they're empowering children with the right to say no and sexual citizenship. But what they're also doing is empowering them with the right to say yes to having sex. Yeah. And they think that because of the oppression of a thousand years of sexualization where homosexuality just got so much normalized that they need to liberate the other sexualities and that includes zoophilia and pedophilia and that's what they mean when you hear them saying that it is because of sexual repression it's not because they think you're not getting laid enough it's because you're not allowing the other sexualities in their mind to exist publicly in the space where they're advocating been advocating for decades for a long time about this too I mean look at Nambla yeah back in the 70s, National Man-Boy Love Association. And then let's go back 10 years where dog and dragon Kim were first making their emergence into the mainstream world. And you ended up having virtuous pedophile movement come forward. Now you have the maps movement, minor attracted people coming forward and their new offspring of no maps, non-offending minor attracted people. <laughs>
0: Wow, they love their acronyms.
1: Oh, I know. It's all about rebranding to promote the same ideology that's existed forever. And it's like, okay, let's be real here. So if we go back to it, I could have swore it wasn't a thousand years where they were oppressing child exploitation and sexualization of children. Because I could have swore they were marrying off 14-year-olds not too long ago. And that you had kings and monarchs and everyone sitting there marrying little children. And it's been throughout history we've seen it. So yeah. pretending like for a thousand years that's been oppressed is, is nonsensical for one. Two, it is disgusting and messed up on all comprehensions to do that to a child. And we just want children to be left alone to grow up and be a kid. Not push gender ideology. Not push sexuality on them. How many of us sat there getting mad 15 years ago about the amount of sexuality in Disney films? Yeah. And and they like to bring that up. It's like, I'm not happy about those either. <laughs> I mean, let's be, what kind of message does it send to a little girl growing up where you have Sleeping Beauty, for instance? This girl is sleeping out in the middle of nowhere and a guy just walks up and decides to kiss her on the lips. And the encouragement <laughs> teaching little boys to do that to little girls and little girls to just sit there and, wait upon a guy to come up and kiss you kind of mentality it doesn't give the right right message in the situation for little girls and little boys growing up i mean there history is full of that kind of stories and i always enjoyed the empowerment stories for women And, and you know girls didn't have much of that you had like mulan say when i was a kid growing up, and they have Pocahontas, but let's take a closer look at those and see what kind of real role models those are. Yeah. And and the factual basis of information that goes through it is just non-existent. And, and yeah. it's messed up. And I just so, want to see as... Go, back. go ahead.
0: So why, in, in your opinion, why do you think that your community has been targeted? Is it... Is, is there, like, any historical links or is there like exactly why have uh for lack of a better term these pedophiles been able to like co-opt your community uh as if that's like the easiest for them to be able to push their message
1: so this would just be my opinion on the matter um since i can't throw up a bunch of proof for it I believe that they're co-opting us and using us because they know that we're a rights movement for sexuality. So with us being a rights movement for sexuality and them being predators, of course, they're going to co-opt whatever they want to get what they want. And they're going to push us on like them. So I remember seeing when they first came out, they were just pedophile movement, how they were demanding the right to say, go to your, your kid's birthday party at a park. While you're barbecuing food, watching your kids run around, play games, throw water balloons, and demand the right to sit there and stare at your children and have an erection in a public park. Because as long as they're not acting on it, it's okay. Well, No, it's not. Like We're not going to normalize pedophilia in modern society. We're not going to allow it. I'm, I'm going to fight to hit the death on not allowing pedophilia to be normalized in, in our space. I don't care. And I don't advocate for violence, but I will commit myself to the cause to fight against them at every functional level when it comes down to this. I've helped raise kids. I've never been able to be a parent to my greatest mate, and I would have loved to have been a mom. I would have loved to have the experience of raising a child with my DNA, but I never had that experience. I got the experience of helping raise my nephews from, from the middle of a divorce to um, six years later, as them growing up to even this current moment, and I I've invested a lot of my time and money and, and trying to help them become functional parts of society. Um, so, like, I can completely relate because that was the only way I could get out that maternal instinct that I have. And all of us have maternal and maternal instincts naturally hardwired into us which uh, that's where I believe they're fighting against that. And they're expecting us to just sit back and do nothing. But they, they believe they're the most oppressed class on the planet and then they're willing to liberate them for that. And that that's such a disturbing factor that we have so many people in today's DNA that are showing their true colors uh, on that note. And, I honestly don't believe this is new. This has been going on for decades because let's be a real word. All the kids go on the milk cartons. We grew up seeing mm-hmm. that were kidnapped and disappeared. And then I've we find out about Epstein's about sex ring. Yeah. But then you find out about Ex- Epstein's sex ring growing up. And then you start wondering about the, up- the application of that with those disappearing kids in such large numbers. And that's where we're at this current problem right now we're they're tr- they can't hide no more. They didn't have Amber Alerts 50, uh, 20, 30 years ago. And, and growing up with Amber Alerts now and the internet the way it is and how mainstream media can't hide the truth anymore, even with their censorship, they, they're having a hard time keeping the truth secret. And now they're having to force it out to be normalized because they can't hide anymore. And they're getting called out more. And I remember over a year ago, i say about almost two years at this point, um, I remember having somebody that knew me from school. I did not remember them, but they went to school with me. Other people I am to school with remember them, but they like reached out to me and they found out I transitioned. And then I found out they just got released from prison. And I try not to judge them for it to think about that. I try not to be that kind of person. And um He just kept getting sexual and trying to take it in the direction. And I was like, I apologize. I'm not here to fulfill your niche because you just got out of prison. I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. And then when he started sensing I was rejecting him, he turned around and like, oh, I'm trans. And then started asking me questions about transitioning to have me describe myself in a more private, nuanced conversation after just hitting on me and flirting with me. And he to get what
0: he wanted. In, in a very. Uh, so I was thinking AGP.
1: Way. So yeah. my first thought was AGP. Uh, just to be honest, I don't judge all AGPs. Not all AGPs are bad. I know plenty of uh, autogonophiles that are good, decent people that don't do that. Um, but when when paired with cluster B's, it could be a little uh, cringy at at times, and uncomfortable for me. Um, well, anyways, with this personality, um, he started showing signs of autogynephilia, but I still kind of st- was giving him answers to his questions. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? Since you're asking me such deep personal questions, why were you in prison? And then he told me something that came off as a flat-out lie. And I was like, if you—if this is what I feel is your lie, what did you really do? So what he told me was he was on LimeWire and then he downloaded a movie that happened to be child porn and then he was arrested by the FBI. And then I called in a few favors. I talked to a few friends that were paralegals and then I had them pull his FBI record. So he actually owned and sold um, child porn down to three years old on LimeWire. And he was making money off of it. And it's all on the FBI case file. He was busted in a sting operation. It wasn't just a random chance. It was a full-on sting. And then um, before I got that information, because time and, and waiting for that, once I asked at that point, um, he started basically focusing on my state and with sealing records when you do your name and sex change. And then that terrified every cord of my being because you have this registered pedophile that is trying to take advantage of the laws on sealing your name and records. So there's no record of you changing your name and sex. And he was wanting to exploit that as a sex offender to hide that he is a sex offender. And that terrified me. So he was the only person I've ever doxxed in my life. So I doxed him across the internet yeah. and wanted people to know this is a monster. I posted my conversation with him and, and made sure people knew this is the bad person <laughs> and what they are and what they're about and why they were in jail for 10 years. And um, I don't regret doxing that person. I will take the punishment <laughs> for admitting that I did that to somebody. I don't, <laughs> I don't regret anything in this case. I don't regret in this case. Pedophiles should be called out when they're found. And I um,
2: agree.
1: I've run into other personalities like with Lily Connors. I've ran into Lily Connors throughout the years uh, with the circles I've been in. And it has just irked to me on so many levels because most of Lily Connors disgust me on such a different level than just a normal pedophile. Because they're pedophiles that know the law so well and terms of services so well, they know how to break them without going over the line and getting banned all out. And it, it's scary. And they're reliant upon... Do you, do you know upon
0: big ex- explain the difference real quick for people who might not know? Just, okay, uh... so
1: Lily Connors are, are the type of individuals that draw obsessed and specifically fap it. To drawings uh, of children in sexual provocative situations, and I don't recommend looking up LilyCon. I don't. Yeah. You are not going to like what you find. Um, but they'll have it in their profile that they are a LilyCon, or they go to LilyCon, and a good portion of them are out in the open pedophiles. Uh, the person I sent you the screenshots of. They're an out in the open pedophile. I even asked them, so you're an out in the open pedophile. Yes. Yeah. Without any other context to it, just flat out yes. And then um you scroll through their you, timeline.
0: That, that that was like I was telling you, just absolutely mind blowing. That mm-hmm. not only it does their mind function that way, um, but they are so open. It it was truly disturbing.
1: It is. And, and the reason why is because they're trying to socially engineer us through environmental conditioning, that we are powerless to stop them, that they are protected, and we can't do anything except live in our disgust and hate of them.
0: And so knowing we can't stop They're trying stop them. to um, include themselves under a protected class. Yes. Um, and they're
1: trying to get that established and normalized the mainstream that way.
0: It's all about so manipulation. Do what? What is the uh, pushback like? Because I, I assume there's there's uh, a faction within the trans community, uh, possibly even just like in the gay and lesbian community, that give you guys some real serious pushback for trying to address any of this.
1: Yeah. So. Like uh, with the Nomaps moment, they'll end up making the arguments that, so you just want them to go back into hiding so we don't know they exist. And it's like, well, yeah. Okay. So we're not normalizing them. They need help. They need to be incarcerated. I'm sorry. They, they cannot be wandering around freely. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not about unprovoked incarceration, but you are literally obsessed. And it's been proven that they can't be cured. There's no yeah. cure to pedophilia. And saying that we have to normalize them like we do homosexuality and transsexuality, no. I'm sorry, it's not even comparable. And, and they specifically get off on appropriating children that aren't theirs and then sexually assaulting them to get off on them. Like, everything about it's so predatory. So it's not, it shouldn't surprise anybody that they're going to take hostages to get access to people's children whenever they can. And they sit there and fight for it. They literally see them as the most oppressed people on the planet because people just want to kill them. And, you know, parents, fighting, you're fighting against parents' maternal and paternal instincts. You don't get between a parent and their child. I am yeah. sorry. No. And thinking I have the right to go to that parent and be like, you have no right to stop me from your child. No. Oh, my God. Like, I can't believe we're have like we have to have these arguments. Like, I'm all about conversation and freedom of speech. My God, like, within reason, everything is within reason. I'm not going to support free speech that condemns someone to death and and sits there and tells people how they should be murdered. I'm not going to say that that's protected speech. I mean, there are certain things somebody threatening harm on your children and family, that's not protected speech. Like, there's reason. There's there's reasonable levels to things. You can't just cross over like nothing to the point of fanaticism is ever good.
0: Well, and you know there. This is uh like I was telling you earlier. I am a free speech absolutist. Um, <laughs> and although I do believe that people can say anything, um, outside of directly calling for direct, intimate uh, violence, uh, which is already illegal. That is not protected speech. Um, there are tons of terrible things that people can say, but I also believe that, uh, you're not free from the response that you get from the general public. And I believe shame is, is a big part of this. And you know, when, when you have certain ideas and certain beliefs, you need to be publicly shamed. You need to be publicly ostracized. Uh, that, that's the other side of free speech.
1: Right. And your speech in complement to that is also covered free speech. I mean, like I said, even with you being all about free speech, if you had a 50-year-old band walk into a preschool and then start screaming how they wanted to sexually exploit a child, I'm sure your limits on free speech are going to hit a pretty solid brick wall there.
0: <laughs> and- well, he has every right to say it, but he's also going to have to deal with the consequences of saying it. So, you know, there's that, that's the thing about life is uh, you can do lots of things, but there's, there's going to be consequences. So that's, uh, that that's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I was curious because I also agree that you know it's been proven there's no cure, there's no amount of drugs, no amount of counseling, um, to cure pedophilia. Um, what, in your opinion, is, is like a a reasonable uh, solution with with these people?
1: Well, I would be about having them incarcerated. And then, obviously, getting mental and physical therapy to try and better understand how we can treat this problem. I mean, what's even more disturbing is Lupron's also the same drug they give child molesters to chemically castrate them. So, yeah, going in circles on that one where it ends up falling into that same category and, and ridiculousness that <laughs> the extremes, I don't think chemical castrating them is the solution and, and doing that to them. I don't believe just flat out murdering them is the solution. I am absolutely disgusted by them. And I personally wouldn't be able to sit there and in a room with them and having conversations for extended periods of time. I just, I couldn't do it. I, I did not have that, that level of patience and personality to get to do that. But I think having them taken out of bond in society put somewhere and then have these conversations and, and trying to figure out a way to deal and cure with it. I mean, we, we've we seen plenty of attempts before from physical castration to chemical castration of pedophiles to try and stamp their urges and cravings. But so far, it's proof useless to stop them. And they repeat offenders will just keep repeating to offend and they'll never stop. And... Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, because of the way things are, um, they've gotten really good with technology. And unfortunately, they're really, (laughs) like, that's the part that bothers me is how technology has protected them so much and how they've relied upon that same technology for anonymity and to do what they're doing. Like that Lily Connor, I'm proof positive if we pull up their IP address, it's going to be masked or spoofed. And it's not going to be their actual IP address. And that they they know the system so well to exploit it, like we said before, with TOS and, and laws, and it yeah, just they get bothers right
0: to the edge,
1: right? And and they do it just to provoke us. And where at first it was like this person's way too on the nose, but um, I don't see any real viable solution to to treat and deal with it at the current time, um, especially when it comes to mental health and the DSM after everything that's happened I have a hard time believing the DSM is that useful anymore in the modern era and it's just full of so much nonsense and you, you have the comorbidities that match everything like I've seen people sit there that didn't have these conditions go through the DSM and then thought they had five or seven of those conditions because the comorbidities matching up and they couldn't distinguish between them all and there's no way the therapist can either. And anyways, there's not enough therapists on the planet to cover the need of the mental health that we're not getting. And there's just so many nuances, again, to yeah. this whole conversation that have to be addressed. And figuring out the DSM-5 and getting that fixed, because look at gender dysphoria. It started as gender identity disorder, a mental illness. And then it changed into a medical space because most people don't add this part in is deemed as a medical space over mental illness because you don't treat um, a condition with surgery to cure it like that. Yeah. You treat it with a drug. And that's the FDA's filing on that, ma- not mine, personally. But um, so they said it's a medical space. Now gender dysphoria is removed from the prerequisite completely. Now it's an incongruence. And they've muddled together transvestitism and transsexualism and everything else in between. And then people are so worried about like the trans movement right now. Well, let me terrify you all to another level with non-binary affirming care. (laughs) So non-binary affirming care is literally nullification surgeries. So if you look at nullification surgeries, you'll see that they are penectomies, orconectomies. So a penectomy is to remove your penis without any further feminization. An is to remove your testicles and leave the penis, so you literally turn yourself into a eunuch. And they're pushing for that. And you'll hear like Keffels. Keffels end up going through what I believe was an anoleal surgery and had a double mastectomy to become more non-binary affirming. And oh my God, like non-binary affirming cares everything we as transsexuals fought against and everything the DSD community has fought against. So one of those nullification surgeries is a phallus-saving vaginal plasty. So you look like you have both sex organs and it claims that you'll have a fully functional vagina so it's just not as fully functional, and I question what the surgeon, doctor, and clinic think functionality is in regards to a vagina, first and foremost with that statement. But the misinformation it gives to patients, and misleads them, and if they don't have uh, a firm understanding of their biological function and health and how the surgery works, they'll be misled into that situation. and. Um, as somebody who's a transsexual I, as much as people think I'd be all over a vaginal saving vaginal plasmy, especially somebody in the DSC community when I have gender dysphoria the whole point is not having a penis so keeping the penis for sexual function like, it defeats the whole purpose to that, that procedure and that's where it comes to it makes no sense on so many levels and it's so dangerous and messed up and then it representing everything we've fought so hard against for decades on these procedures and surgeries. And then we have people that are getting negative outcomes and doctors are not being held responsible and we have to sign all of our rights away on that note. And it's, it's just this crazy, vicious cycle. And I know I kind of got off trail with, with what you originally pointed out.
0: Um, one, when... One, one thing I did kind of want to um, transition to, no pun intended, um, was the, the big issue right now. So a, a core tenet of, you know, all of my beliefs, uh, my, my personal, political, social, is the idea of consent. And, you know, I... What is I that? Consent. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously I come from a position that children cannot consent. 100%. And um once again it's ca- like I can't believe we're having these conversations. Um I thought that was already established like that that was done that there was not a conversation we needed to have. Um so the 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 big issue seems to be now um children transitioning um and that seems to also be, you know, a big issue with uh, the people fighting back against this, which are kind of trying to group everyone together that, you know, obviously everyone in the trans community is okay with children transitioning. Um, So I'm, I'm not really sure exactly incorrect. what I'm trying to ask here, but. exactly. I'm a 100% against ch-
1: children transitioning. 100% against it. Yeah. Especially um, if we're talking about medical or surgical, 100% against it. They need to wait to 18. Yeah. And yeah. when it comes to, and I 100% agree with you. Okay, when it comes to trans kid, it boils down to two issues. What is appropriate for a child? An age of consent. And whether it be the parent consenting for the child's behalf at such a young age. And you cannot convince me there aren't parents that are sacrificing their children's health and functionality for attention. And there is a portion of the population that treat trans kids as the new Gucci handbag or tattoo or oh, yeah. piercing to show their woke virtual signaling. I'm sorry, you can't have a, a two year old that claims they're trans. I'm sorry, the kid wouldn't even understand the fundamental concept. I know adults that don't understand what. How to define sex, and that's yeah. that's where we're at. And we're saying a two-year-old UCSF in San Francisco, California sees patients as young as two at their gender-affirming clinic. I, uh, Christina Button brought it to my attention. I've been calling them out ever since. Since I've been calling them out publicly, they revised their website. You can go back to the Wayback Machine. I saved it in July and saved the waypoint where they didn't have this added to their SOC, standards of care. And then in their own S.S.C. they left it that they accept new patients 13 to 17 or uh, 3 to 17. Mm. Um, And then say underneath it that they don't they only have social and emotional development for kids till they reach an appropriate age. Don't say what that appropriate age is. And they sit there and I have to ask them, what Why does a parent or the child need a gender-affirming clinic to change their kid's pronouns and clothing? Oh, well, they need therapy. No, emotional development. What two-year-old needs therapy? What trauma have they endured that's so bad that they need a therapist and to go to a gender-affirming clinic? I have a hard time believing anything they're saying on any level of that. I even had one of their patients come at me trying to say, because of DSD conditions, Trying to play that that heartstring with me, and I'm like, at two and three they would not need hormones. <laughs> that's not till puberty. That's that's the way it works. And most people don't know they have those DSD conditions till then. Like nothing you're saying makes any sense. Make it make
0: sense. Yeah, yeah. That's so that this is actually uh, when, when I had learned that. Uh... Trans against groomers was back on Twitter, um, for several days in a row. There was um, a, a massive uh, split conversation within the libertarian community. Um, well, I wouldn't say it was a; it, it definitely wasn't an even split. Um, the The majority of libertarians were uh, on the position that uh, children cannot consent. Period. That that's what makes them partially children you know and mm-hmm. there there was a lot of uh or a uh, a few factions within the libertarian community that says uh or equating not giving gender affirming care is is uh, equivalent to child abuse and it, it caused a lot of rifts then that's actually where uh you and i started talking within the comments and everything um and th- this is something um, that a majority of the libertarians have been trying to push back against the people who say, you know, um, it's none of your business what a parent decides to do with their child. Um, uh, I mean, that that's a really vague statement, uh, but that doesn't change the fact that uh, children cannot consent and that this is not okay to uh, promote
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Okay, so like I said, I'm hundred percent against children transitioning. Like, wait till 18. I'm not even. I'm still on the fence about even allowing them to socially transition. So, like, um, one thing people aren't gonna understand is the difference between socially transitioning and gender nonconformity. So, social transition would be changing your pronouns and name and identifying that way versus you're just putting on clothing. And to be honest, I don't think clothing has much to play into the, the gender dysphoria. There are tools we'll use to help with our dysphoria. Sure. But ultimately, at the end of the day, when it comes to me is how my clothing hangs off me and, and dealing with and mitigating my gender dysphoria. And that, that's where it comes down. Is if it helps mitigate gender dysphoria, yes. Nothing's going to cure it, but it can help lessen. So it's not so overwhelming and, and swallowing you whole in that sense when it was anxiety and depression and ideation. And putting kids in that space, um, so I agree with the desistance model. Um, so at 16, 80% of people who experience dysphoria desist. Well, beyond that, there is a subset, a small subset of people that don't desist. And that it stays with them forever. And that's where I think it's important to draw that line at 18. it's because as somebody who unfortunately suffers from gender dysphoria, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Why the hell would I wish on a kid? And when there's an 80% chance they'll desist and never have to go through this experience. Never have to deal with the anxiety, the depression, the suicide, the, Asian, the social rejection, everything. I want to live, them to live their best life. And a good portion of these kids that are being pushed in this space are just questioning. They may not even potentially be gay or lesbian. They could just be questioning. Or unfortunately, play with the wrong toy. Or you were a little boy that liked pink a little too much. Or you were a little girl that liked playing sports a little too much. And the, the gross overcorrection that is happening with kids. And when it comes to let kids be kids, that, that's another part of this really disturbing, insidious plot happening right now. So, like, one of their arguments that they'll bring up is that we treat kids like property. Mm-hmm. And they have no agency of their own. Which is why they're fighting to give them agency to make the choice. And we say they can't consent to that choice. And that's where they say that's the oppression. And that's where it comes in as like, we have the struggle right now between parents and the government on what's best for their own children. And it's playing off of that and taking away parents' rights to their own prodigy and having even a say in their own education and the effect that's having on them mentally. And like I said, to me, the the important part also is having these discussions, as shitty as some of them can be. And as much as I can't believe we're having certain ones, it's about having the discussions to where we can actually have the discourse to try and come up with a reasonable solution to fix the problem. And that's what's important to me, is trying to restore that semblance of normality. Let kids be kids, let them grow up and do their thing. If a girl wants to play basketball, let her play basketball. If a boy wants to play with a Barbie, let him play with a Barbie. It doesn't mean anything no. at this point. As somebody who's a homosexual, transsexual will self-identify irregardless of you supporting us. Yeah. So to sit there and push them into that space. Just just be accepting. That's it. You can just accept them as a kid, being a kid. Instead of pushing a stereotype on them. At least yeah. back in my day, we just got beat if we played with the wrong toys. We didn't opt them out of the gene
0: pool yeah yeah it's it's interesting i've I've heard a a, a lot of discussion uh, around uh this being like the death of the tomboy yeah um, I mean it is. There, there's there's a lot of um social issues with with uh bringing children into this and I I, I think it it also seems to be harming. People who are actually suffering, uh, such as yourself, uh, being able to get appropriate care. Uh, it, w- would I be wrong in saying that?
1: No, you're not wrong. I mean, even today, I had three people telling me how gender dysphoria is even real. It doesn't even exist. It's make believe because of the trans rights activists. Like, the trans rights activists proved to them that gender dysphoria doesn't exist and isn't real. And that's where it comes into that. Okay, so like with DSD conditions, that's another harm people don't, you don't hear people talking about. So Alex, she's a good friend of mine. She's uh, part of the DSD community and a detransitioner. So um, she was forced to transition against her will because of her DSD condition by her parents at a young age. So it brings back into that argument about kids and the right to consent and the parents' right to consent on behalf of the kids for this notion. Where I could say in some cases, having the government be able to come in and say something, well, that's not necessarily going to work. So just making sure that's not even available as an option for kids to surgically and medically transition in the first place, to avoid that from happening, versus having the government regulate what parents can and cannot deal with their kids. If they go after the medical professionals performing these procedures, and they'll say they go black market and go underground, we can't stop the black market underground. That's just the reality of it. But that doesn't mean we have to go along with it. Okay, murder is illegal. That doesn't mean we have to support murderers and murder in general to make no nuance, all black and white. It's either all good or it's not good. And, And yeah, back in full circle, again, on every part of these conversations with this ideology. But... I'm really worried about the parents and that's one reason why like I'm recently going to be going to another school board meeting and speaking on behalf as a parent asked me to come speak at their school board. I'm not going to say what school board it is. I'm not trying to turn it into a political protest. I'm not trying to get a bunch of attention to the issue. I'm trying to go there and speak on behalf of the parents as they requested and sure we can get the attention later. I'm not wanting the threat. And the harm, and then a mob of people bringing guns and body armor to a school,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: because I wanted to say, "Hey, reading this book to a child's inappropriate, and this is pornographic material you you're putting in school libraries. Just to say that i don't I don't want to arrest something like that happening, and i'm I'm worried about that because like I can't even go and speak out about an issue without that threat of violence coming after me. And I'm worried about me just going and speaking out of school. They'll bring violence to the school. And and how that puts me in such a messed up space because I'm trying to do what's right for the parent. that ask me to be there speaking on their behalf. And then if I publicly say they're going to be doing this, they'll come after the parent. They'll come after the schools. They'll go after the parents' kid in the school. And it's so sick and messed up. Like, to the point where I am I feel shamed in the silence. Or else these situations happen. And they blame me for it. Like, how much blame we've gotten for Club Q. The gay club that had the shooting in it. How much blame I even got because of my protest at a satanic goth gay bar. With an 11-year-old performer that was LARPing as a story hour. But having an 11-year-old performer. And his mom, her, his drag mom has 12 counts of sexual abuse and exploitation. That is promoting a, an 11-year-old kid to be in the Satanic escape or performing in a provocative way. And I remember having um, somebody come up to me and ask me, "It's like, I watched her performance and it was pretty benign. And then you and I posted pictures from before and previous ones that weren't under the microscope that didn't have police officers in the club yeah. and showed them how provocative it was to to let them know, okay, but what about this? How about coming here when we're not protesting them and they have thousands of people watching them? Like, see how she performs then. Tell me how comfortable you are about them making it rain $1 bills on an 11-year-old girl.
0: Or standing in front of a sign that says it ain't gonna suck itself. (laughs) mm
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, they, they said I called for violence on them. It's like I want I announced that I was gonna there with a sign to do my best van a white impersonation. And you know it's so inflammatory on my sign? Dragging your kids to a bar has never made anyone a good parent. Yeah. That was the controversial statement I had to say publicly. Wow, and that was warrant <laughs> and akin to violence for stating the obvious it's just so messed up of the system that we got going on right now, like I said. And I, I'm wanting to empower parents. I got into this to, to empower parents and, and women and have their voices restored again. And like with trans women and women's sports, I don't believe as trans women we should be validating ourselves as women at the cost of women, especially at the cost of suffrage taking away their vote and their voice in the matter. Yeah. And, and I don't see that doing us any good uh, on trying to fix this problem, especially restore our faith as women. Because of them, they've irrevocably damaged our relationship with biological women. Where most of them would have been accepting of us, except for a small proportion of them, they've destroyed that. And don't get me wrong, the extremes uh, of feminism didn't help none either. No. Uh, uh, Let's let's put blame on our (laughs) Right. And so two extremes don't actually come up with a decent solution. So they're both at fault for what's happening right now. And one wouldn't exist without the other. That's just the way that happens in the extreme circles. Where we just need nuance again. We need the gray areas so we can meet in the middle. But well, we won't allow anyone to have that.
0: I'm 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 definitely appreciative of your yourself, uh, the the people that you work with, your organization, because I truly believe that there is a overreaction in many instances, or at least maybe not an overreaction, but a misdirected reaction. To where it is not obviously your entire community um, that is for this. There there are bad faith actors who maybe they deserve, you know, the reaction that's coming. But there's, it's once again, that nuance, There's there's more than just this group. Right. And so, you know, that's one, one reason I was really glad that you decided to do this. And I, I definitely thank you for doing this. Um, because it, it's important for me, you know, I, I enjoy radical politics. I enjoy, you know, the, the radical side of things, but there, there is a, uh, a line that can be crossed. And I, I think there's, there's a line being crossed that is, uh, partially manufactured it seems as though um you know right-wing commentators will not include this nuance um left-wing commentators are and of course i'm talking you know the the bigger podcast right um you know the the young turks and everything and any pushback against this at all is you know just transphobic and you want people to die and all these like terrible things and then the the right is saying all these things like all all trans people are coming after your kids and it's that's unhealthy that is completely unhealthy on both sides
1: well there there are i will admit there are trans people that do believe that and are actually coming for your kids like you have ellie who has doctors giving her prescriptions to send to children and it's not a matter of checking to see if they're trans. They're not doing any medical check. They're just sending, if you message her, she will send you pills. Testosterone, just so whatever you want. And that's where it comes down to that. It's like, that's illegal on its own. Um, I could have swore testosterone was a Schedule 3 drug. And that it had to be a prescription because of how powerful the drug it is. And the fact that that she's just sending them willy nilly to any kid that sends it to us. That's abuse. And, that and so scary. A gross overcorrection, once again. Yeah. Like I say, every time we, we end up having some nuance or we have gross overcorrection. And we're going to see more and more of this radicalism happening on that level, too. Sorry, I have to take the pup out, Potty. I'm going to keep you with me. I'm just going to be migrating. No worries. Yeah, the pups whining at me. Feel
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's it's. Concerning oh, can you let him me. out?
2: Yeah, I'm in a podcast. I was gonna
1: bring the printer in. But... That's not a printer. That's a computer.
0: <laughs> All right, everyone watching, make sure and hit the like, subscribe, and share button. These are the conversations that need to get out to people, and these are incredibly important conversations that will help move the needle in the correct direction.
1: Hoping. Fingers yes. crossed on that one. Let me tell you. because uh, I'd like to see us be able to function as a society and be happy. And like I say, if they never would have gone after people's kids, this would be a completely different time in discussion. Yeah. But we can't stop pedophiles from being predators, unfortunately. And Predators will prey upon people, and that's what they do, and that's where we're at. So, I I want like, that's another thing, like, I thought was so important to our movement. What was the parents that have been on the fence, but all their instincts are firing, telling them this is wrong? And then being able to go to those parents and be like, You're 100% correct. Everything about this is wrong, your fears are valid keep fighting and keep speaking out against it like just that is so so important to a lot of people and a lot of parents from my experience I've had lots of parents come to me and tell me thank you for that and and then women too and seeing them around to their voices in trans women's sports and then me saying the things they can't get away with without being called a, a phobe and canceled for for the very thought yeah and it's like well no. <laughs> And like I remember parents saying, I can't get away with saying what you say and I'm like, I don't get away with it. What are you talking about? I'm full on canceled.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've got a target I was canceled on my
1: back. <laughs> why I look out. <laughs> I'm saying these things because they they can't double cancel me. They've canceled me as far as they can. Yeah. And that's the reason why I cover my face and why I hide and I don't don't use my name I go by an iron in real life. It's because of that reason. And it's never ending. I've still had people find me in real life and it, it's terrifying because it's, it's not like I have a fan that comes out and be like, Oh my God, Freya. No, no, it's it's all been hate. <laughs> I've yet to have a, I take that back. I have had a couple positive moments from parents that I went and spoke out on their behalf for. I had a positive impact there. Like at the protest, I had people screaming, um, anti-gay slurs behind me and then I had people in front of me condemning me for, for standing against them <laughs> and then threatening me with violence and yeah uh, the transphobes won't save you Freya better be ready we're coming
0: It's as they're all standing the guns that uh, people will go to um, to push this um, which is you know, one one consideration I've I've taken into account, um, be even just talking about this subject, mm-hmm. um, it 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 seems that uh, as as it gets more extreme, it gets more and more dangerous, um, to even just talk about the subject at all.
1: Right, especially if you're cis scum, as people like to say.
0: Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, help- I'm a I'm a straight white male. You know? And uh oh you're not allowed to have an opinion, hunt. No, I'm I'm public enemy number one most of the time. <laughs> so well
1: and ha- okay, here's the thing. How do you feel about having not not to come off how do you feel about having um gingers used in studies? Well, trans and DSCs are as common as genders being born. What are you talking about? yeah no. how do you feel about that one and always being used as decided remark for so many things,
0: oh boy, I mean it's that's
1: inaccurate as hell, but
0: yeah yeah it's it's just I don't know being you know let's like summed up into just like one little box and then have that box being used to disparage your entire existence. Like, I mean, that that's, that's not a new thing. Humans have been doing that to each other for all of recorded history. And oh, I know.
1: I mean, I could, I could just remember hearing South park mainstream and the idea of not having
0: souls. Yeah. Ginger's not having souls being moon people. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I, um, I'm just saying it's comparable.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it is. And it's, in my opinion, it's so intellectually weak. It's, it's like, there, there are definite things to criticize people about, um, even like who they are, but that is just so intellectually weak. And I, I personally, uh, you know, I, I revere intelligence and so these, these weak arguments, for one, just makes me roll my eyes, but it makes me sick that it's like, you, you can't even do better than that. Like, you've just got to come after my gender or my uh, my skin color, which is, like, as important as the color of my hair, you know? It's like, right. If you're going to insult me, at least do so intelligently.
1: My they just can't disparage against a class of people, because why not? I mean, God... It's not even a true argument. So like the the statement of people born with DSD conditions is as many as people born as ginger. Completely false. Uh, so many more people are born ginger than with DSD conditions. DSDs don't represent 1.7% of the population. No. That's based on Anne Sterling and her assessment, which was flawed from the outset. You're talking about with certain conditions, 1 in 68,000. And you're talking about 40 plus subset conditions to make DSDs. So, DSDs is an umbrella term that adds together 40 different conditions. If you took each individual condition, you're talking one in in 68,000, one in 157,000, and so on and so forth to rarity. And that's not going to equal out to that same amount of number. Even if you group them all together, it equals out to 0.05 to 0.02% of the population is born with the DSD condition. And even then, depending upon their condition, it has even more rarity attached to it. You're more likely to be born 4-7-XY-Klein filters as a male than you are to be born with CAH as a male. And CAH is hell, one of the two conditions be, that...
0: You're more likely to be born with autism. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, you have uh, unfortunately uh, yeah can't really argue so, much about that part
0: being on the autistic yeah, spectrum. That's, that's wild. Those numbers, though,
1: right? And and that's where it comes into the conflation, and it depends upon which area you're considering. So that the is that the statistic for United States or is that the statistic for Europe on birthrights? because they're different, uh, depending yeah. upon where you're talking about. And that's where I'm saying it's like it makes no sense that the information is getting completed and people are just gobbling it up because they don't know anything different. Like I said, uh, so what is a, how many sexes are there in your mind? And what is the defining characteristic between the two sexes?
0: Um, I mean, the, the two, I mean, the characteristics between the two sexes, Oh boy! I mean, of of course, there's there's physical um, whereas and there's uh, you know different genitalia, uh, different mm-hmm. abilities physically. Um, but yeah, uh, men
1: that uh, can be born with moobs
0: mm-hmm.
1: just as much as a woman's born with boobs. Yeah. So, and what's the difference between secondary characteristics?
0: Secondary characteristics, I think, play less of a role as. Versus uh you know being able to birth a child naturally Correct. Uh, having ovaries. and that's
1: so that's where it comes down to is gametes yeah. or gametes, depending upon how you want to enunciate. So what I've been saying is sex is based on gametes and gamete pathways. So what is a gamete? You know no. Okay, so a gamut is a sperm or an egg. So you have static, large gametes, which are eggs. And then you have moving, uh, small gamuts, which are sperm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's one of the reasons why I like to tell Tierra is, it's like you wouldn't know what a gamut is if it was too on your face.
2: <laughs>
1: so... Okay. Um, what's in between a sperm and an egg if there's an intersect which I hate that misnomer, but what is, what's in between a sperm and an egg because no, no, I no. thought a speg was just a fertilized egg
0: okay so I'm, I'm not sure what would it be in between
1: nothing so like okay. what the joke has always been is there's a speg in between a sperm and an egg yeah. but a speg is just a fertilized egg that's all yeah. it is and unless we're talking about deformity levels. So you have a, a deformity chart going off like the difference between Chromagna Man and Homo sapien. So I mean, like, what are we really talking about here? Yeah. There's no spectrum. So when the spectrum argument started failing because of people at DSDs coming forward and speaking out, they went to the bimodal spectrum argument. So now it's a bimodal system. You can't have a bimodal system without a third subset in the category mm-hmm. because you have to have an in-between, a perfectly in-between, and that doesn't exist in human nature. Which now, if you're also, talking about starfish.
0: Kinda, which also kind of uh, disproves the, the non-binary as if you were non-binary, then you're separate, which creates a binary.
1: So, can you defi- define non-binary or defend non-binary without using trans or DSD conditions? No. Exactly.
0: I, I have yet to hear any uh, argument that could.
1: <laughs> I have okay. The only argument I have heard is the um, transitioners. Okay. Only argument I've heard that. is the transitioners because of surgical and user intervention has changed to where they could, if they wanted to quantify as a non-binary, because they've been removed from that system, and people have gone through nullification they technically could fall into that realm because they nullified themselves. They're still biologically male or female, just like a DSD condition. And that's where it comes in as transition is like mirroring DSD conditions artificially. And that's where we come into this. And where I don't want people to think DSDs are trans. They are completely different. You are born with the DSD condition. You don't get it. See, in the matter, happens no. at conception. It happens when your parents first have sex, and the XX and XY chromosomes first meet to pair to form a, a child. Just, so that's where it comes into that matter, and you have transition, which try and use DSD conditions to help advise them to do the transition. So saying that the same is just disingenuous and, and messed up to people born with DSDs because we don't get a say in this, we're born here. We don't, like I grew up looking extremely feminine body wise and I couldn't do anything about that. That wasn't me making a choice. I had to go on HRT no matter what I decided. And that's yeah. just the reality of the situation. Somebody with Kalman, Kalman syndrome has to go on testosterone. Somebody with Klein filters has to go on testosterone. Their body doesn't produce enough of it to function.
0: Which the, these would be appropriate medical cases right. for a doctor to step in medically.
1: Right. And that's why I don't believe banning these medications is solution, either yeah. because people born with
0: DSD conditions.
1: And like um, when trans against groomers and gays against grammars, I started asking questions like, what about the kids already stuck here? What about the kids that are already here? Most of our messages are aimed before they transition. What about the ones that are already here? Yeah. And we agree with like grandfathering because it would not benefit them whatsoever to just cut them off of their hormones. And that would just send them into chaos and depending upon how long they've been on the hormones and blockers, they may not be able to stop and go back. Like we discussed before, once you cross this line and you're here, there, there is no reversibility. So like when you have a 16-year-old kid that had been in it for three years and they've been on Lupron and testosterone or estrogen, and then they can't produce their own anymore. And they're still gonna need HRT no matter what direction they go.
2: Yeah.
1: And so just cutting them off would just cause them needless harm. And I've had other trans rights activists come at me saying that I should be guilty of transgenocide for dying medical care and needs of children. And it's like I'm not denying medical need. Like they're gonna be stuck here. That's the reality of it. And we have to deal with that repercussion. But that doesn't mean we need to add more.
0: Isn't yeah, isn't that the Uh, largely the the danger in this with children though Mm -hmm. we don't largely know the results of this and also i mean for for the medical field you know this is great this is lifetime customers
1: right 1.3 to 1.6 million per child for life
0: and that's i was just reading uh it's like a 1.9 billion dollar industry right now and it's expected to reach 5 billion by 2030 which is right. I mean where where is That's not the, even uh, including
1: non-binary affirming care mind you that's just yeah. transgender care. So imagine which, two of those.
0: Which seems they are more a,
1: non-binary uh, than trans. Whew.
0: Wow, it, it just seems to be a uh, violation of the hippocratic oath as if uh, we don't know. The HIPAA, what's that? Yeah, Hippocratic oath. I, I don't understand. To to not cause harm to your patients. So
1: what does that mean? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm being facetious, I'm yeah.
0: sorry. No, you're good. I got you. Um it I don't know, where where's the responsibility on behalf of the medical industry?
1: Oh, that's what I've been saying. Okay, how do you have informed consent when your own medical professions are hiding the truth of the profession? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't only till recent that detransitioners have been listened to in the first place. They've been mostly silenced and suppressed.
0: Which and seems to be exactly who we should be listening to uh, re- regarding all of this. They've been through it.
1: 100%. So, like, before... I got long into my transition. One of my mentors um, that I met, um, love her to death. I won't name her because she's in the closet and she doesn't want any part of this this stuff. But anyway, her lived experience, unfortunately, mirrored Richie's one for one. So couldn't feel anything below the waist. It was incontinent and when when she tried to go back to testosterone, um, have, you, have you ever heard of phantom limb syndrome? Yes. Imagine having phantom limb syndrome after you had a vaginoplasty. Hmm. So imagine you have it sounds like hell. Phantom morning wood.
2: Wow. Imagine well, going through like that
1: unfortunate experience. So with her particular situation, she had a choice. Estradiol is a diuretic, also known as a water pill, which means it makes us go pee a lot. So when you're incontinent, and it's going to make you pee more often, or you have phantom morning wood, choose your personal hell at this current moment. And, you know, that's where a lot of this comes into play is like, she didn't know going into that that was going to be the repercussions and because she signed that paper and the doctor messed up it doesn't matter how the doctor messed up or what he did to mess up it's automatically he is without blame and it's all on the patient and that's messed up yeah the doctors are absolved of all guilt and any blame and the quality of care comes into question on that level too and you know, so many people that didn't get the the informed consent that they deserve. To get shapeshifter swears up and down, she didn't get informed consent. Chloe says, "How could she have informed consent when she was 13 when she made these choices?" And her parents were told that their daughter would kill themselves if they didn't do this. Has the parent make an informed consent?
0: Yeah. Seems like manipulation from from all ends.
1: Right, and okay, here's another thing. How do I trust as a trans person who's been in this space, who's been harmed by it in more ways than one? How can we be reasonably expected to trust the doctors, the therapists, the the pharmacists even anymore? How can we trust anyone in the medicalized space? Look what COVID and what that did, <laughs> oh, with vaccines mandates. And pushing forced medical treatments, even into jobs on people. All of it around the same time, mind you. Yeah. And then SB 107 in California, Trans Sanctuary State, where they'll rip your kids from your arms. Throw you in prison for neglect and abuse. And then transition your kid while taking these vulnerable hurt kids that they say were so traumatized being in their families that they ripped them from their families kicking and screaming and then immediately throw them into foster care it just has care written all over it, doesn't it you know it has that, that sentimental so ring to me yeah and that's where it's at <laughs> and it, that's, it's been the biggest problem here is we have all these cosmetic values that are, are care that aren't care It's just another show game to manipulate and and get control and power over people. Nobody is doing anything for the right things anymore. And that part disturbs me. Like nobody in gag or tag are making money off this. I'm doing this out of my own pocket. When I drop $100 in gas to go over somewhere to speak, I drop $100 out of my own pocket that I work for to speak. The only money I'm making to this current day, and I didn't plan to change it, was from my job that I work 40 to 60 hours a week on. Yeah. And we get called, um, you know, grifters that were paid grifters that were were hired to do all these detrimental things to the community. It's like, that's not true. We disagree with you. That's it. Like. Yeah anything that assassinate all of our characters for speaking out against it. And if that doesn't drive you to speak out more, I don't know what will.
0: So we'll, we'll start wrapping up here. Cause I don't want to keep you too okay. long. Um, where, or what, what is, uh, you know, some, some of the current goals of your organization like, where, where do you see the organization a year from now?
1: A year from now, we're going to be in the heat of it, for sure. Uh, It's going to be crazy. Uh, We have a lot of things in in the works right now, Um, from moving forward to speaking out at school councils, speaking at city council meetings, um, protests and everything we have in the works currently, which I can't go into too much detail on, but we have a lot of events that we have planned and and we all are going to be moving forward, uh, recruiting more people into our organization to have a wider reach. I would like to see a, a trans against cramers in every state, at least a handful of us. I know there aren't as many base transsexuals as there are gay people in the world. So we're not going to be able to compete with gags members. but having trans people that are, are protected and wanting to have their voice that Will be augmented by gays against groomers in, in this fight. Um, I would like to see us get another state to ban medical transition for minors. We've gotten it done in three states so far. Um, the lovely shapeshifter and Chloe Cole um, took part in Florida in getting medical transition in Florida banned for children. And we plan on speaking out more and going to medical boards and speaking out there too, to let them know about the harm done and give the D-Trans community a chance to go to doctors and raise their voices. There's also several lawsuits pending currently against doctors and medical professionals that have done these surgeries to minors like Chloe. Um, And I can't wait to see what will happen with that as well. Uh, We have a, a lot of, interesting things coming out in our investigations that will be coming to light within a, um, another month or two, hopefully. And it's it's unfortunately going to be damning and damaging and horrific on every functional level. Um, with what I've told you, Jacob, augment that by 10 on a terror factor. And that's what's going to be coming forward. And it's deep. It goes really, really deep. And it's really disturbing. And it's all about these multi prong attacks that they're currently doing. They don't do anything for one reason. It has multiple. No. And they're not transparent about it. That's what they do. So I would say definitely pay attention to gays against groomers and trans against groomers. Um, if you can, show us support. Like I said, we don't have that much money. I, I am nowhere capable of affording private security to go with me to events to protect me. Yeah. And even if I had private security, I'd be asking them to come unarmed, which I feel bad doing that because I've been going up against it myself. And But when none of us are trying to advocate for violence, we're trying to advocate for self-defense
2: yeah. because
1: we're, we're getting death threats. We're, we're getting attacked from all sides. And like I said, I did a protest. I didn't get hit with a pie in the face. I was threatened with guns and pepper spray and actual weapons. Yeah. And the police did nothing. The police weren't there to protect us. They were hundreds and hundreds of feet away from us, watching it happen with no intention of getting in the middle of it. And the only time they got in the middle of it was when a homeless person got hurt. Yeah, the only time they, they stepped in.
0: Step in until something's already happened.
1: Right. They're and a reactionary then, force. <laughs> I understand you know. to that degree. But when you have people that are literally hurting people, and you sit there and watch it happen, and still choose to do nothing—yeah, like I—I I advocate for police. I grew up in a ghetto, so I know how detrimental it is to not have police there to protect people, and what it feels like when you call the cops and they refuse to come. So I and I wouldn't advocate for own. shutting down police. Yeah. yeah, and you okay? I was growing up in a house with a single mom. So me at 10, my sister at at a little older than me, I don't want to give too much information. But because the police wouldn't come out there, when a white supremacist gang was attacking the neighbor next door and our Filipino aunt was visiting with us with my cousins, we were stuck in our house hoping that it wouldn't happen. the police refused to show up when an actual white supremacist gang is trying to light their house on fire, destroying their cars out front, smashing it with bats and crowbars. Like legit hatred, legit mm-hmm. real world racism. And they were doing it to two of my best friends because I was friends with their kids. I, they lived across the street from me, we played all the time, went to the same school. And, you know, to see them being attacked like that for just being Mexican. That's it. Like, that's literally all they attacked them for was just being Hispanic. And, and seeing that happen, like, the horror I felt being in that position, even with being white, and having yeah, my, my Filipino cousin sitting right next to me, crying.
0: It's it's definitely a different situation seeing it versus talking about it, uh, you know, right? zoomed out uh, objectively. So, it's... But I see
1: the same thoughts. hate happening right now. Yeah. From from multiple sites. And I'm I'm specifically mainly trans, right? It's like the way they're going about it and the way they're hating on people, it's no better. It's just different.
0: Yeah. Just a different community of people. So we'll we'll wrap up here. Um Okay, hey, Jacob. Where can people find you? Where can people support you? Uh and you know, follow what's going on.
1: So I'm mostly active on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Freya lee 5806 on Twitter. You'll, I'll be under the same handle on Instagram as well, and I post there sometimes too. Um, I do have a Facebook account under lee. Um But keep in, uh, the best way to follow us is follow Gays Against Groomers and Trans Against Grimers. Um Their account exists on, on Twitter as well. Um, it's spelled a bit differently just to meet um, just the character limitations uh, that come with yeah. Twitter. So it's T R A N S A G N S T G R M R R Z. The original one was R S, but that got banned by Twitter 1.0 for being a hate group that's transphobic (laughs) yeah i know i know that's that's what we've literally been doing like how many times i've been told i'm part of a hate group when i ask them why we're a hate group because we're transphobic (laughs) and i'm like okay
0: this is odd but okay
1: (laughs) this is gonna make it a little interesting of a conversation but let's go (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah thank you for all the support thank you for having these conversations all the love
0: of course and thank you so much for coming on and having the conversation i know this is not an easy situation it's you know and it gets more and more difficult as as it goes on apparently Um, it shows no signs of uh, slowing or easing up and uh, i would like to get you back on uh, when there's some updates and uh, you're you're always more than welcome on this platform well
1: i appreciate that I look forward to
0: coming back. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, if everyone's still watching, make sure and go check out what they have going on. All of the links are in the episode description. And, uh, if you follow my social media, which you should, then, uh, you'll be seeing posts. I'm sure I'll be retweeting and liking. Um, so, uh, from this point, make sure hit that like, share, subscribe button. And, uh, we, we've got some, uh, Extra shows coming up, trying to squeeze in a couple more before the end of the year. Uh, got some good uh, philosophical conversations coming up, and uh, you know, trying to highlight what everyone else has going on in the uh, liberty movement, the freedom space, uh, because this is what it's about. And you know, we're all trying to hope for, hope for, and fight for a better world. And uh, that's what's important to me. And that's what is important to uh, the people I like to highlight. So, thank you once again, Freya. And uh, everyone else, until next time, stay free, my friends.